0: Welcome to Learned Lack, a podcast about yesterday's Learned League questions and answers. I'm George.
1: And I'm Amanda. George and I are both in Zephyr A. This is season 24 for me and season 28 for
0: George. This is day one of season 96. Nice. First question asks us for a common one-word name for a large modern farming machine.
1: Yes, and notes that it incorporates uh, several different harvesting activities. Um, And so the incorporates really uh, tripped this one for me. Um that's a word that's trying not to say combine. Mm. Um, And of course the machine is a combine. It's, it's pronounced just a little bit differently like that. Uh, But I figured that that's what this had to be. Um, If, if you would ask me like to define what is a combine, I don't think I could have uh, delineated that, but with this all laid out in front of me and uh, suggesting that it, that it brings together several different uh, harvesting activities, I thought this had to be a combine.
0: Yeah, I. Uh, this kind of popped into my head almost immediately. Uh, I thought of uh, a bunch of words that were already in the question, like, "Oh, yeah, yes. this is a harvester <laughs> now. Uh, this is a this is like a thresher kind of no, damn it." <laughs> and then okay, no, this is this is the combine, right? Okay, and like you, if you'd asked me what a combine was, I would have just said well, it's like the big farming tractory thing,
1: big farm equipment. But yeah,
0: that. Yeah. But then once I once I read the question again, I realized, oh, yeah, that makes sense. It's a combined thing. Mm-hmm. So they eventually just called it a combine. So, yeah, okay, makes sense.
1: I'll go with that. And that was the correct answer. <laughs> question two asks us the name of the woman who was the main character in Wendy Wasserstein's 1989 Pulitzer Prize winning play.
0: And it's the Chronicles of this woman. And I, I, I didn't know this. I I kind of had to... Bounce something around in my head. Um, and I think one of my problems with this question was I read it as the title being The Chronicles of Something mm. rather than The Something Chronicles. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that no, nothing filled in that blank for me in The Chronicles of blank. But I thought, OK, I think this for some reason, I thought the heroine had an alliterative name mm-hmm. and her last name was Holland uh, so I thought, okay, so it's H something Holland. And the first thing that came to mind was Hannah. And I thought, well, that makes sense because that's uh, more of a uh, more of a commonly Jewish name than Holland. And I figured Wendy Wasserstein may have written a Jewish heroine. I, I've never seen this play. I've never read this play. I don't really know anything about it. Mm-hmm. So, but I, but I kind of figured, okay, Probably this is going to be at least kind of, if not autobiographical, then at least sort of, you know, uh, people write themselves, mm. you know, very, very, very often. Sure. A lot, a lot of, you know, plays, even when they're not really about the the playwright are, you know, kind of have that person as a character and that's mm-hmm. the viewpoint that they're, uh, that they're going for. So I thought maybe this is one of those plays and, uh, if, wendy wasserstein who has a you know kind of one name out of two that's very jewish signifying maybe she flipped those around for her heroine Mm -hmm. and it would be hannah holland and that made sense to me so i said okay hannah
1: okay this is one where i'm thinking that um the presence of the new yorker magazine like in my household growing up may be part of how i got this um and it's really, I have, it's a, it's a strange thing because I haven't read the play and I haven't, you know, seen it performed or anything like that, but I just kind of knew of the existence of this uh, work that was the Heidi Chronicles. um, And, and basically Wendy Wasserstein's name plus Chronicles is enough to trigger that for me. I think probably because it's the kind of thing that would have been in, you know, a 1980s issue of the New Yorker. Sure. I was living with my parents and mm-hmm. they had subscriptions to that courtesy, I think of my uncle Joe for quite a while. Mm. Um, and so that was just the, the kind of thing laying around that a, that a wannabe erudite, uh, kid might, <laughs> you know, get into trying to enrich herself. Um, so I, so I have that sort of, you know, I, I, I've also come back to reading the New Yorker later in life here and, um, it's almost like a sense memory for me seeing the the, the text in the black and white pages and and um, you know being that this is a Tony Award winning play, of course it's gonna be pretty associated with New York and and be of interest in New Yorker type circles. Mm-hmm. Anyway, the long story short is that I just kinda knew the name of this play and that is by Wendy Wasserstein, so I put down Heidi.
0: And that was correct. Well done. Mm-hmm.
1: I do wonder how many, uh, you know, chronic what calls of narnia jokes we'll be getting out of this. <laughs> the best wrong answers here.
0: Question three asks us what U.S. state uh, had most of the territory of the Tlingit people in it.
1: So this one, my first sort of immediate thought after a little pondering was Alaska and that was going to be my answer for a while. And then I went back and looked at the questions later in the day. Um, Cause I kind of changed up my daily routine a little bit. And so I'm tending to have like my coffee or tea with some caffeine a little later in the day. Uh, and I kind of wait until I do that because I, I kind of want to have my performance enhancing drug there um, in order to, to help me out and make the brain work a little uh, more efficiently. And so unfortunately that means overthinking also happens more perhaps too. Um, so I thought, you know, this sounds really more like a Pacific Northwest thing to me than an Alaska thing. That seems like it's, you know, that's not, I I feel like that association isn't quite as strong as with, you know, kind of further South, um, in the U S. And so I ended up putting down Washington. Um, which just sounded kind of vaguely better to me, somehow clicked a little bit more. You know, I don't really have a good reason for this, but I put down Washington.
0: Yeah, I uh, kind of immediately thought Pacific Northwest, and that made me think Washington. Mm -hmm. Um, It it rang a bell, but I couldn't really grab on to where from. I started thinking about, well, maybe, let's see think of other areas and I thought Great Plains and I kind of thought well I don't think any tribes in the Great Plains would have been specific enough that you could say they were in a particular state mm. I feel like they were nomadic and their their ranges were kind of more uh, amorphous than you could like specifically lay them down at least the, okay. the, the, uh, the, the ones that are known the ones that are commonly known. That okay. I'm sure there were particular bands that had very particular uh, places, but like there, uh, there are several in Michigan that you could say historically were pretty much always in Michigan. Uh, but yeah, part of that is because it's a peninsula and it's you know easier to mm-hmm, mm-hmm. kind of be just in one, you know, just on this peninsula. Sure. Uh, and I thought of okay, the Northeast in uh, Native tribes, pretty much all the same. Uh, you know, had kind of more ranging areas than that. Hmm. The 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 common ones that we know. Or the, the commonly known ones. Southeast, kind of the same. Uh you know, the the only ones I could think of that that are more well known and had a kind of a one state presence would be like the Seminole. Mm. But they're the Seminole and not the Tlingit. So okay, yeah. it's not Flora. Uh, and I just I sort of, you know, kind of eliminated everywhere except possibly Washington, because I thought maybe, you know, up in that sort of Seattle Puget Sound area, there would, uh, there would have been enough, uh, enough space, kind of to uh, space and resources uh, in that area to uh, support a singular tribe that was just in that particular area. Mm. Uh, that may have been remembered long enough to uh, to be in this question. So I also said Washington.
1: Alaska was the correct answer. Didn't even think of it. Um, Didn't and, even cross my mind. You know, it's, it's interesting because I, I looked it up on Wikipedia in the faint hope that Washington was somehow also <laughs> a possible answer there. Yeah. Um, but it's not. And the thing about it is, is the Tlingit people were in that strip of alaska that extends downward uh along the kind of the canadian west coast um and the area the tlingit people were in was near british columbia like it's kind of like the farthest south part of alaska mm-hmm. it is still kind of a pacific northwest area oh, yeah. just not of the u.s no. except for that strip of alaska um and, and these people were in british columbia as well um and so that's you know it washington is definitely the next closest place that you know theoretically in the us to them mm. but uh it is definitely alaska and not really uh not not close enough to washington nope. at all
0: to count nope. not
1: at all uh, question 4 asks us about a name of a perennial plant with blue or purple flowers that shares a name with a military signaling instrument that dates back to the 18th century.
0: Uh, so my my first thought on this is, uh, like, a bugle would be something like that. Mm. I tried thinking of other signaling devices that I might consider, like semaphore flags. I feel like semaphore is newer than that. Flags generally, but flags... Flags as military signaling devices are ancient, like mm, possibly uh-huh. prehistoric. It's, it's yeah, a very, yeah. very early thing. It's kind of the point of flags where initially was you're on a battlefield. You don't know where anybody is. You look for something that's higher than everything else. Okay. Sure, sure. Uh, so I came back to Bugle. And as uh, longtime listeners know, my <laughs> usual routine is wake up in the morning, look at the questions pretty much immediately Think about them while I am going about my morning ablutions. <laughs> uh, eventually come downstairs, take care of the kids, have breakfast, start work, blah, 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 blah. Finally, uh, submit my answers like sometimes as late as after lunch. Today it was like 11 o'clock. Mm-hmm. And by the time I got back down to 11 o'clock, I, without even thinking of what I had thought before, confidently typed in trumpet and moved <laughs> on.
1: Oh, gosh. Okay. Um, and for my part, you know, not being, uh, the, having the military history background, I have to go at it from the flower angle. Um, and so I was thinking of, you know, perennial creeping plant with blue or purple flowers immediately makes me think of something like, like, uh, myrtle or, um, you know, it mentions the flowers are in a spike shape. So I think of like grape hyacinth or, you know, that kind of thing. And everything I could think of, I was like, there's no military signaling thing called a hyacinth or, or a myrtle. <laughs> there's just, there can't possibly be because it's not, you know, a question like this won't go in that weird of a direction. Um, and so I thought about, well, what else do people use for signaling? I thought about flag, and I think there are some flowers that are called flags. So that was a possibility in my mind, but I, I think I implicitly kind of ruled out like there there were definitely flags in use before the 18th century. Um, you know, just I thought that that can't possibly be it because kind of just flag is a too generic of a term um, to really specifically refer to something like this, I felt like. Um, and so then I thought of, uh, you know, what else could there be? Well, what could possibly date to a time like the 18th century um and be like an invention kind of thing um and i by the way kind of uh, ignored the word instrument thinking it just really Mm. was trying not to say device or invention or something else that would clue you in a little bit to what this was um and so uh finally i thought well could it be a flare because like gunpowder and stuff was really coming to you know coming to the fore of um, military stuff and I thought is I don't know if that's what's in flares you know just I thought they're kind of like big sparklers basically Mm -hmm. so you know maybe that's and certainly that sounded like a nice plausible name for a flower there's probably flowers out there called flares as well um, that I hadn't heard of and so I thought sure that sounds like it fits the bill. Let's go with
0: flare. But yeah, it was bugle, which okay. I I had kind of figured it was just because I thought of okay, 18th century is 1700s, Revolutionary War. Usually, the signaling then was fife and drum Mm. level. Mm -hmm. The bugle would have been an improvement on the fife, okay, um, and it would have allowed for uh, a much greater range of giving calls, which came. Uh, into play more as cavalry became more important in warfare compared to massed infantry mm-hmm. which is very much an 18th century 19th century thing uh, yeah and that's that's all what i thought while i was shaving or showering this morning <laughs> and then completely forgot it all and said trumpet for no good reason because oh, it was bugle.
1: gosh, it was yeah bugle. and i gotta say i as a person who's learn stuff about flowers over the years. You know, my my mom was an excellent gardener and would love to talk about them. And um, I am not an excellent gardener, but I pick up information like that and it, it find it interesting. And, and it tends to be sticky, like flower names are associated with a specific thing. They're often kind of uh, whimsical or unusual. And so I've never heard of a bugle flower before, like never. Mm-hmm. And I'm kind of stunned by that like because it doesn't sound like this is a a super like you know obscure or um it's it's a pretty small basic name that of course would apply to a flower Mm -hmm. and i've never heard of anything like it before so it's a
0: mostly non-american uh range
1: yeah like i i do wonder if it's been imported here for you know lots of Plants from other places get used in greenhouse mm. kind of plants, but could be, um, but not in my experience. So, oh well.
0: Question five asks us what American food processing company uh, used the most recent Super Bowl to teach consumers about Roman numerals.
1: Yeah, so this is where just the cascade of errors um, <laughs> prevented me from getting to this answer because. I couldn't remember what number Super Bowl it is. I don't, you know, that's not something that particularly pings my consciousness very much, except when it's directly happening. And we watched like half of it, you know, last night. um, Me even less than you, because I was sitting with our kiddo as she falls asleep. And um, so the number of the Super Bowl just had not registered for me. So I thought, maybe that number is significant in that it spells something. So I thought, you know, it's in, I knew it was like in the vague range of like, we're in the fifties or sixties or something here, Um, but probably the fifties. So I was like, okay, that's an L. Um, And what else could be um, after it that would like spell a word or something that sounded word-like? And I thought L-I-X, well, that's Lix. We're talking about food processing companies. So, but that didn't suggest any particular one. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I don't think Tootsie Pops are, for example, the kind of food company that's or a brand that's going to advertise on the Super Bowl okay. anymore. Um, and so I kind of just tried to page through different large scale food processing companies I could think of. Kraft is always at the top of the list because mm-hmm. they just had so many different products. Um, and then at like cereal companies like General Mills and Kellogg's, I could think of, you know, Nabisco, you know, partly I'm thinking of the ones that were like associated with or spun off from tobacco companies. Cause mm-hmm. that's right at the top of mind for me. Cause Philip Morris used to own craft and RJR was Nabisco. And, um, so I never kind of clicked on any of this. I was also trying to think of like, well, maybe it has to do with like, Foods associated with Kansas City. Well, what would that be like barbecue? Maybe it's a company that makes a barbecue sauce, but then it would also have to make something associated with Philadelphia. Otherwise, why are we bothering mentioning the teams in this question? Mm-hmm. Um, which, as you can hear from my tone, I take a <laughs> slight umbrage to, mm-hmm. for reasons we'll talk about uh, in a minute. But um, I thought, you know, Kraft definitely has a barbecue sauce out there somewhere, possibly even Casey Masterpiece. I know that's a brand. Um, and then Philadelphia, I thought, well, Philly Cream Cheese, you know, that could be uh, the association there. So they've got all kinds of products that could kind of go with different teams. You know, maybe that's that's what their ad kind of incorporated. I didn't see the ad either because, as I mentioned, I only saw like less than half of the the game itself, mm-hmm. um, so I put down craft. Uh,
0: I I also watched uh, kind of halfway half of it. Of course, <laughs> um, I don't remember this ad at all. Mm. I don't remember any of the. I don't remember any of the coverage beforehand, if there was any. Like the mm-hmm. you know, like often these ads kind of trickle out ahead of time, and you know they want to create their buzz early. Uh, but I didn't see any of that. So I had no actual knowledge of this. But I remembered that it was Super Bowl fifty seven. I th- I guess I'd paid just uh. enough attention that that uh that, that uh, lodged itself in my brain. <laughs> and my, at first I thought, okay, so that's L V I I. L V I that doesn't that doesn't tell me anything. That's ridiculous. And then and then I thought, wait, fifty seven? That's Heinz. Heinz fifty seven, the sauce and the 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 number of varieties that they allegedly had at some point like 100 years ago uh, in their ad slogan. So, yeah, okay, that makes sense. It's a food processing company. Uh, Yeah, that sounds like the kind of thing a marketer would think was clever. So, sure, we'll go with Heinz.
1: So that was the correct answer. Very well reasoned. Um, Here is my quibble that you all could hear coming um, in the explanation, which is, if we're talking about how fittingly this is identified, um, uh, you know the the this Super Bowl is a uniquely marketable opportunity, and it specifically mentions it features the Philadelphia Eagles. Heinz is intimately associated with Pittsburgh, mm-hmm. who I believe are rivals. Like you don't mm-hmm. generally root for both of them, and so that really threw me. Well. I wasn't going to get to Heinz anyway, but I'm just sort of irked that like it talks about how fitting this all is. And I'm like, Heinz is a Pittsburgh thing. That's, you know, they, if you want to generalize them to all of Pennsylvania, they have the Keystone style logo, you know, fine. But it, it reads as a sort of like, you know, don't, doesn't Thorsten know the nuances here for Pete's sake. Um, but that's just sour grapes really. Mm
0: and uh uh, heinz is a subsidiary of Kraft heinz yeah they merged a few years back there's that too uh, but the 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 parent company is Kraft heinz so Mm
1: -hmm. oh well well, so much for that uh finally question six asks us about uh the author of the memoir spare and gives uh, a kind of uh Floweringly uh, positive review of it.
0: Oh, not a review, a blurb. Blurb, excuse straight me. from the publisher. Yeah. So yeah, we can't even call it a review, legally speaking. Uh, <laughs> yes, we'll get in a lot a, of trouble. Yes, but th- this is this <laughs> is the book by uh, Prince Harry, mm-hmm. uh, currently I think fifth in line to the throne. Uh, it was all over the news, and if if you you know th- this could have been one word, this could have just been spare. You know what I thought, mm-hmm. oh, that's the book by Prince Harry. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Mm-hmm. And I kind of thought, like, oh, what do I, how do I phrase this answer particularly? Because he is commonly known as Prince Harry. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I believe that legally speaking, his name is Harry Windsor. But when uh, he was in the military, he went by Wales. Oh, right. Uh, which is, I, I don't know whether, I don't know why that is, because he was not the Prince of Wales he mm-hmm. was the son of the prince of wales while he was in the military he is currently sure. the brother of the prince of wales um, I, I think just i think maybe charles started that when he was in the military and went by wales because sure. he he was i believe at the time the prince of um,
1: well probably i would guess being a prince in the military you want to kind of downplay that fact a little bit in order to that just that is that is not
0: how, that's not like nobody, nobody no? who comes up to nobody who comes up to Prince Harry, no one who encounters him is going to see on his name tag whale, well, Oh, okay, that must not be the, the 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 boy who is currently fourth in line to the throne.
1: Well, I mean I was everybody kind of thinking, around him always knew. No, I I know they mm-hmm. knew. I, I yeah. didn't mean they wouldn't know. Right, just like it I could see, you know, people over here radio talk, is it a security issue? I don't mm-hmm. know. Anyway.
0: Yeah. I mean it, it, he was so well known in his yeah. His uh, his theoretical surname was so well known that it mm-hmm. was a very small uh, bit of security through obscurity. But sure. yeah, I'm sure there's a reason for it that I just don't know. So okay. anyway, I just I, I kind of thought, well, and then, I, and then I started thinking, well, his name is actually Henry, but everybody calls him Harry, so I'm just I'm just gonna say Prince Harry. That's good enough. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you if you if you type in Prince Harry. You got to go into Google. You got to go a long way down to get anything but this particular guy. Oh, yeah. So I'm going to say Prince Harry and be done with it.
1: Yeah, I had much the same thought process. Um, I was trying to think of what surname would I even put down? And I wasn't certain enough about Windsor. I thought, can I just put down Harry? Um, But that didn't seem quite sufficient because, you know, lots of different memoirs could theoretically be written by Mm -hmm. someone named harry um and so that seemed slightly non-specific um so i thought prince harry should be should pin it pretty well Mm -hmm. um you know and it's it's always a little tricky when you're talking about someone who kind of you know doesn't go by their surname as a public figure you know if the question was about lady gaga i don't think i would put down germanata either (laughs) <laughs> um uh because that's not how you know right uh, there'd be the risk of just getting it wrong basically mm, a, a greater risk um and so i put down prince harry i thought about trying to think of his you know official aristocratic title but i'm like no i'm not going to get that i'm, I'm definitely going to get that wrong <laughs> um and so um i i went ahead and put down prince harry and just Kind of hoped that that was effectively what uh, the question's going for,
0: and that's what it was going for. Prince Harry, Duke of Sussex. Thank goodness. To be particular.
1: We did have uh, a friend uh, put mm-hmm. down Prince Henry. Yes. And I think that should be credited. It is. He was born actually Prince his Henry. Name. Yes. Um, mm. So, so if you, uh, if if any of you out there uh, lodge an appeal, I I would support that. <laughs> Uh, if it gets marked wrong, I don't. I think it probably won't get marked wrong for that. I matter. think he's
0: going to be pretty liberal, and I think, and and I, I, think I, I feel almost certain that at some point in the question writing, mm-hmm. Thorston looked at his Wikipedia page, which says very <laughs> clearly, "Born Prince Henry."
1: Yes, um, or would certainly respond to a request to look at that part. Mm-hmm. Um, and in fact, including a surname might be almost too nonspecific because what if you had confused things and thought Prince William was the author of this? Right. Um, you know, just putting the surname, not that it requests mm-hmm. a, you know, a specific, uh, first name required or anything like that. Um, but I would be worried about putting down a surname that applies to several, you know, members of the Royal family. Um, and, and, and not specifying that it was this, this particular one. So, mm. Uh, prince harry was probably the the most strategic way to answer this i suppose so that that left me with three on the day which i do not love especially since i talked myself out of one
0: ditto and ditto mm. yeah i uh I, I don't know that i ever would have gotten to the heidi chronicles
1: uh, mm.
0: independently uh I, I feel like i should have at least considered alaska i may have dismissed it simply because i would have thought well now the inuit are there right and i don't know that i did not know that the tlingit were also mm-hmm. uh, in uh the area now known as alaska uh but bugle i'm just inexcusably Ugh. just didn't <laughs> just typed typed a word and moved on
1: someone ought to zero that for you in the private rundle One would hope. Yeah. <laughs> um, but i don't know about the like i i don't know if any of our fellow zephyr a uh competitors
0: also listen to the podcast can't imagine
1: um not that i know of i've, I've not had an indication of that um so that may be as far as it'll get you Yep. No. Oh well um, but you know just starting out yep. we can, we'll just hope to go up from here i suppose there we go
0: but that's it for today tune in tomorrow for more post game analysis and remember don't forfeit don't cheat